0: Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit SozoSMTX.com. You know, we're in the beginning of a series called Fully Alive. You know, Jesus said that he came to planet Earth that we might experience life and life to the full. That we'd be fully, fully alive, right? Come on, that's really, really good news. That's the whole reason why he came to earth, that we might be alive, that we might experience aliveness, be fully alive. Now, before he said that, he said, There there's a thief that is come to rob, kill, and to destroy. I sense that some of you have, have been robbed been beat up, and, and you need to hear some really good news, that there is life in this place to blow out all the darkness. Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the fullest. And so that's what this series is going to be about, is, or is about, is life. But I wanna, what I want to talk to you about today is the first step to living fully alive. And some of you are going to go, well, I've heard that. In fact, we sang about it today. How many of you know that worship is so powerful in bringing us alive because it's a corporate way that we're making a declaration into the heavenlies of the reality of who God is and his purposes here on planet earth through us? I mean, any of you get shaped whenever you sing and you just, you encounter God, you experience God and there's like divine revelation just comes and smacks you, right? How many, anybody get smacked today? Yes. Well, good, get ready. Because see, our part is to have a, a tender, sensitive, receptive heart to say, Lord, I, unless you come through, we're, we're just wasting our time here today. You agree with that? I mean, there's a lot of things you could be doing right now, but I wanna tell you, if God shows up and reveals himself to you, there's nothing you could do better than what's gonna happen here today. What's already begun to happen today. So I'm gonna tell you on the front end, the first step to living fully alive is divine revelation and a receptive heart. Okay? Okay? And so, what I want you to do, I want you to stand to your feet, and we're gonna pray a prayer over you this morning. I'm gonna pray a prayer over you. And it's it's a plagiarized prayer because it came right from the pen of the apostle Paul. He prayed this prayer to the Ephesian church. And I believe it's I believe it's the prayer for Sozo Church, I believe it's the prayer for the church of San Marcos. I believe it's the prayer for our region, for our area. I believe it's the prayer for the church in the world in this time today in 2022. You ready ready to get prayed for? (laughs) All right, extend your hands and receive in prayer. I'm gonna pray this prayer for you. I pray that our glorious Father will impart to you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation that you might know your father better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that you might experience full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Father is calling us his holy ones, and I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available through faith. God's immeasurable power made available by saying, "God, I trust you with me." Then your lives will be an advert an advertisement to his immense power as it works through you. This is the same mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and has now exalted him to the place of highest honor, supreme authority in the heavenly realms and all God's people said, amen. 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 Before you sit down and say, I receive that prayer. Okay, you may be seated. I believe God wants to impart divine revelation. I believe God wants to open the eyes of our hearts, to enlighten them, to receive all that he wants. Now, in a group this size, there are many, many things that God is going to reveal to you, but every one of them are gonna be in regard to Jesus. See, the ultimate revelation of God is Jesus. I mean, it is. It doesn't doesn't get any bigger than Jesus. It doesn't get any deeper than Jesus. I had somebody come to me and say, you know, I I know I like Jesus, Jesus, but man, I I want the deeper stuff. Can't tell you, don't get any deeper than Jesus. God became flesh and blood and lived among us. He saved us, redeemed us, made us whole, called us sons and daughters. It doesn't get any deeper than that the family of God. Now there's a lot that we can learn and unpack in that. It goes really, really deep, but it don't get any deeper than Jesus. So this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to just, let's look at, if you could put that back up there, Ephesians 1.8. And I highlighted a couple of words, phrases here. I want us to look at that. Paul praying, I pray that the God, that God, our glorious Father, would impart to you. Give me the next verse, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may experience the the full revelation. I want us to look at two things, the eyes of our heart and full revelation. Because I think think those are the two things. How many of you realize that the, the heart The heart is the spiritual organ that uh, experiences God. It's the spiritual organ for experiencing God. How many of you realize that? The heart is the way of the kingdom of God. Now, there, there are two types of people. There are heart people and there are head people, okay? In my family of two, we have a head person and a heart person, head people i happen to be a head person this message is especially for we head people okay cuz head people have to figure things out we we got to reason things out we got to study up on it you know we got we got to research we got to dig in the word we got to we got to know we ask a lot of why questions any any don't raise your hand there there are head people in this room can i tell you what your head will get you in a lot of trouble. Because there's some things that you will never figure out. In the spiritual realm, you will never figure out. Paul said it this way, he says, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, for they're spiritually discerned. Now, I have a heart person in my house as well. My bride, Lisa, she's a, she's a heart person. I, I'm a thinker, she's a feeler, you know? She, she feels things deeply, she just knows. You know, when I was in fourth grade, it was during the Jesus movement. I'm in a Baptist church, the Spirit of God's just going everywhere. And I remember Miss Wilma High, who was my Sunday school teacher, she'd say, son, there's just things that you know, that you know, that you know in your knower. And I I didn't know what that meant, but I liked it. You know, know that you know that you know, and you know her. You know what Ms. Wilma High was saying? She was saying there's some things that only your heart can receive in the spirit realm. You just know that you know that you know. Have you ever been touched by God? You just know that you know that you know. You can't put it in a test tube. You can't make empirical evidence out of it. You can't do all of the, knower stuff, all of the thinker stuff, all of the head people stuff. And usually Lisa will just look at me. She says, I know that God is saying this. Now, tell me where in the Bible it says that, right? And then I usually go, you know, because I'm a thinker, I gotta, can I tell you the kingdom of God is the way of the heart. The heart is that organ that helps us experience God. Now, two questions today: What exactly is Revelation? What do I mean by Revelation, and why is Revelation so important? Some of you are thinking, "Oh man, I knew we'd get to Revelation finally. We're going to." We're well, Revelation is the last book of the Bible, but how many of you know that Revelation is the revelation of Jesus? That's what it is. I, when the day I realized that the last book of the Bible is about unveiling, revealing who Jesus is, it changed the way I even read that book. So the second thing we're gonna talk about is how do I receive revelation? What is revelation? Is it important? How do I receive it? So revelation is simply this. Revelation is divine disclosure that's independent of human reasoning. Let me say it again. It's divine, it's divine disclosure. It's God initiating and saying, this is my heart, my opinion. I'm pulling back the veil so that you can see it apart from your human reasoning, okay? Again, for those of us head, people who like to figure things out, work things out, study things out, this is difficult. But there's a reason for that. There were two trees in the garden. Anybody heard this before? <laughs> what, what, one of the trees was the tree of human reasoning. There's a way that seems right unto man, but it usually gets you in trouble. In fact, the scripture says the end thereof is... It's death, but there's also another tree and it's the tree of divine revelation. And it's a way that leads to life, the way life was meant to be lived and that's God's initiative. So here's the deal. If you wanna understand things in the spirit of God, it's it's gonna come through God's initiative, not your reasoning, not your figuring it out. How many of you say, that's a relief? Is that... How many of you know that we don't have to strive today? God wants to reveal himself to us. He's not playing cosmic hide and go seek. He's really not. He really, he's already begun to show some of you things. How many of you already in our time here, long before I ever stood up there, God's been speaking to you this morning. Can I see your hands? Okay, very good. I have a hunch that most revelation that takes place on a Sunday actually happens during our time of worship because it bypasses the, our noggin and it goes right into our hearts, right? And the heart, is, the heart is that organ, that spiritual organ in which we experience God. So the tree, one tree is it out. The other tree is the tree of revelation from God. Paul says again, Ephesians 1.8, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, so that you might experience God's full revelation. God's full revelation. I, I told you I'd tell you what revelation is. It ex- literally means to unveil. Paul. You, how many of you realize Paul loved that word? Paul used the word revelation thirty times in his letters. Does that that sound like it might be important? He's saying God has revealed himself to us by unveiling to us what he's really like in Jesus. See, the revelation is of God in Jesus. It means to unveil, to reveal, to bring light to the eyes of our heart. God initiated unveiling of reality. That's my definition. God initiated unveiling of reality. Now uh, it's interesting, in Colossians 2:17 it says this: Reality is found in Christ. See, the object of revelation is Jesus. It doesn't get any deeper than Jesus, God revealing himself through his Son, Jesus. Paul discovered something about. Revelation. Look, look at uh, Galatians uh, 1 with me, if you have your Bibles. Can I tell you again, relation, uh, Revelation is not discovered. It's not learned. It comes directly from God. And here's what Paul said. I think this is interesting. The great apostle Paul, how many of you know that Paul was a bright guy? Paul was a head guy. Paul, uh, I like what N.T. Wright says. N.T. Wright says that Paul was likely one of the five most brilliant people of his entire generation. Let that sink in a little bit. Can you imagine being around somebody with that kind of brilliance who had studied all his life since he was just a kid? He had memorized most of the Torah, and all of the prophets, and other, and I mean, he knew how to, to navigate and work. He had systematically figured it all out. He was a, a man on par that n- nobody could stick with him. Listen to what he says here. In Galatians 1, verse 11, he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, by the way, this is the first letter Paul, Paul writes. It's a scathing letter. I encourage you to read it. you, you love it. It's, it's, it's got a little bit of everything in there. He's just raw pure-hearted Paul here. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. See, that's that's why the first step to being fully alive is a revelation of Jesus Christ that's received in the heart. He goes on, he says, for you have heard of my previous way of life, a way that seemed right to man. In Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God, tried to destroy it. I was advancing Judaism beyond my many, by Beyond many my own age, among my people, I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Now listen to this. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, when God was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. What is Paul saying here? He's saying, you know what? The most counterintuitive thing in my life happened when I encountered Jesus. Can you, can you imagine Paul's on his way uh, to Damascus to persecute, to imprison Christians because he was so cocksure that it was wrong. And then Jesus revealed himself to him. I encourage you to go and read the book of Philippians, Philippians 3, uh, around verse 4 to 11. Paul kind of gives his pedigree and just how learned he was and all the things that he did. And he says, you know, every bit of that stuff, though, is just like dung, rubbish. There are other even stronger words you can use. He says, all of the stuff that I thought was so great in my reasoning, my learning, just went in the light of one revelation of meeting Jesus face to face. It changed everything. It transformed his life. So Paul uh, says that revelation of Jesus, revelation of Jesus changed everything. Let me say this about revelation. A lot of times we, and I say we, I mean me, because I am a headstrong guy a hardhead guy, I tend to think, well, okay, I can discover this revelation. It's kind of a conclusion. Can I tell you, revelation, divine revelation, is not a conclusion. Revelation, divine revelation, is the beginning. Okay, are you with me? All right, we'll go back. To, we'll go back to, uh, to Christmas, okay? God becomes flesh and dwells among us, Emmanuel, God with us. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. The revelation that the shepherds had, the revelation that the angels had, the revelation that Mary had—all of that divine revelation of who God is in Christ—is at the very, very beginning. And so, one of the things that we. Head headed people like to do is we like to prove things. We like to prove God exists. We like to prove can I tell you you can't prove God exists. But you can't disprove it either. You know how you know it? You know it in your heart because he's revealed himself to us. See, there's some things that empirically you can't prove. We live in a Western enlightened culture where we put everything into a test tube and we wanna prove things out. Can I tell you what? If you get into that kind of argument trap with somebody, I guarantee you are doomed to become an atheist. it's the wrong measurement. There's only one way to discover God, and that is through divine revelation. He's chosen to reveal himself to us in Jesus. See, that's why Jesus is so important. Jesus is not just a a footnote to the story. Jesus is the story. It's all about Jesus. Jesus. You know, you don't outgrow Jesus. You never get too big for Jesus in your revelation because Jesus is the revelation of who God is. Okay, I've gone to, to ranting now. So, All right, let's look at another illustration of revelation. Is that okay? I'm gonna pick the two generals here. Okay, the first, first one's Paul. Look, look over with me at Matthew 16 if you have your Bibles. It's a great story here. Now, Paul was a extremely learned guy, right? This guy here that we're gonna talk about, Simon Peter, he was an unschooled fisherman, okay? When Jesus finds Peter, what is he and his brother, what are, what are they doing? Fishing. They are fishing. Why are they fishing? Of course, they didn't fish like that. They, they're throwing out nets. They're fishing. Why? To make money. To make money. Why? Because they couldn't cut it in rabbi school. They were outcasts, they weren't like Simon uh, they weren't like Paul. And so Peter becomes one of Jesus' 12. you know the story, and they end up in Caesarea Philippi, really wicked part of the world, by the way. And Jesus is with his disciples. They begin this conversation in Matthew 16 starting with verse 13 there. In Caesarea Philippi, Jesus calls his disciples together and he says, who do people say the son of man is? What's what's the word around town? What what do you hear? And so each one of the disciples began to to pipe up and, and some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. I mean, everybody's kind of throwing it out there. And then Jesus does the Jesus thing. He looks at him and he goes, he's, he's looking at the heart. He's looking for revelation. He says, What about you guys? Who, who, do, who, do you, who do you say that I am? Now, they've been traveling with him for a while. And there's all kinds of things running around in their minds, right? And I love it. And this is how I imagine it. I imagine everybody's ministering to their shoes, you know? <laughs> And nobody wants, you know what I mean? You've been in a meeting like that where ain't nobody wants to look up, you know? Because if you catch Jesus' eye, you're, you're stuck. Simon Peter does what Simon Peter always does. When there's absolutely nothing to be said, he says something, right? But this time, listen to this. Simon Peter says, says you are the Messiah. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And everybody in the room is going, did he just say that? And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. What's he telling him? He's saying, Peter, the greatest day, the greatest thing you've ever said in your life, you didn't get by figuring it out, by reasoning reasoning it, by life experience, by even hanging out with me. My father revealed that to you. Listen to what he says here. He goes on, he says, Jesus tells him, he says, i tell you this, Peter, Petros, Rocky. Changed his name, first of all. He says, Simon, you are now Petros. You are now Rocky. And on this rock of revelation, Rocky, see see all the word stuff going in here? I'm gonna build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Do you see what one revelation from God will do to you? You see what it did to Paul? Paul became the most prolific writer in all of scripture after being the guy who's killing Christians. Peter goes from being an unschooled fisherman you know, to, to the guy who's usually blowing it in the group, to being the guy that Jesus says, listen, on the rock of that revelation that was given to you, Rocky, I'm gonna build a church. And the gates of hell, the death and hell will not prevail against what I'm gonna do through you and through my people. His whole identity changed. He got him a brand new name. How many of you know whenever you receive revelation from Jesus, from God about Jesus, your name changes? You become child of God. You become Christian. You become little Christ. You become disciple of Jesus. You become part of the way. You Everything about you shifts and changes when you get that revelation and your tenderized, sensitive heart says, yes, I receive that. Everything changed. Peter didn't do anything other than speak what the revelation of God was. And Jesus said, and all these other things shall be added to you. He didn't figure anything out. Why is this important? I wanna submit to you that the very foundation of our faith is revelation. See, it's... The the foundation of our faith, it's not, you you can't, the church is not built on the Bible. Hello? See, the Bible hadn't even, the, the New Testament hadn't even been written yet when Jesus is building the foundation of the church on the rock of Revelation. It's not built on good theology. I like good theology, I think it's important. Not built on good theology. You can be theology in your head all day long and never have a heart encounter in revelation with God. It's not built on reason. It's not built on historical evidence. It's not built on apologetics. It's built on divinely given revelation that Jesus is the son of God. Hello? You can come into this building every week and feel miles away from God. But that moment when you get revelation that Jesus is God, at that moment when you say, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I receive your life source into my life. I want you to be my life source. Guess what? Everything shifts. Everything changes. Revelation of Jesus. It can't be proven. It can't be disproved, but it can be proclaimed. See, there's something about the proclamation of Jesus Christ that is powerful, divinely inspired revelation it opens hearts in a way to be transformed and be changed. Well, that sounds subjective. It is, it is. Most love relationships are subjective. They're not objective. You cannot measure them scientifically. They're revealed. God has revealed this. All right, you're gonna have to listen quicker here. So let me say this. This has been rolling around my head over in, in regard to revelation. I think one of the biggest issues, this is to you parents with kiddos. I have four sons. And uh, I think one of the most dangerous things in any generation is if our kids do not get a firsthand revelation of who Jesus is. Are you with me? I'm all about children's church. I, I love children's church. I'm, I'm, I love, we give them Jesus and all that, but they need a firsthand revelation, not a secondhand revelation of Jesus. You know, you may have heard it said this way. God does not have grandchildren. A secondhand revelation gives your kiddos a grandfather, not a heavenly father, okay? And so whenever the chips are down, they're, they're, they're bartering on your faith, on your revelation of God. Well, you know, Papa Joel said, Mama Lisa said, you know, and, and you know, it, that ain't gonna do it. That rock of revelation better be Jesus. He better be your Jesus. You can come from incredibly good heritage and that's, that will give you a leg up, but it's still a firsthand encounter with God that shifts things. One of the things we were praying about when we broke into our little prayer deals here, I'm praying for, my, for one, of, one of my children and all that that, 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 that God just gives revelation, you know? That's for all of my children, that they get firsthand revelation, not dad's revelation. Okay, that's free. So how... How do I receive this revelation from God? Okay. Does everybody everybody agree that we we need divine revelation? Okay. How many of you know divine revelations in the room right now? His name is Jesus. He's here by the spirit of God. How do I receive divine revelation? Let's go back to Ephesians 1.18. Ephesians 1.18 it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may experience full revelation. Receiving revelation starts with an open heart. The eyes of your heart must be enlightened. Again, divine revelation of Jesus in receptive heart. That, that's, that's the first step to being fully alive. Let, let me give you some verses about the heart real quick here. Look, look at this in... Um, Matthew 5 8. Matthew 5, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Listen to this one. This is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your, your heart and lean not to your own understanding your head knowledge. In all your ways, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. What does that word submit mean? Submission. Anybody know what submission means? It means to come under the mission. God's God's saying, if you will come under my mission, then your whole life will be straight. Your paths will be straight. But it begins by trusting in the Lord Jesus with all your heart. In not leaning to your own noggin understanding. Revelation of Jesus is received by an open heart, a tender, sensitized heart. So let's talk about how to receive that. Last, last scripture, I promise. Maybe, maybe. Romans, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I want, you to, I want to show you something here. Maybe you've, you've said, well, yeah, this is, this is a, a typical salvation verse, but I want you to see what's going on here. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, and what is God's living message? How many of you want God's living message? You don't want one from the museum from way in the past. God's living today word It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Now look at verse 10. It really unpacks and explains what we're talking about here. Verse 10 says, the heart that believes in Jesus receives the gift of righteousness of God. And then the mouth confesses resulting in salvation. What's he saying here? The heart leads. When the heart believes, the heart receives, the mouth follows. We'll declare, Jesus, your Lord. Jesus, you're my savior and my king. But it starts with heart. Reception of divine revelation, okay? And so I asked the, the worship team to come on back up here because the first step in being fully alive is receiving in your heart the revelation that God the Father is giving through Jesus. And so what I want you to do today is, is just simply ask the Lord this, this question, Father, what are you revealing to me or how are you revealing Jesus to me today? What does that look like? Now, how are you revealing Jesus in my heart today? Because your mind will talk you out of what God's saying to your heart. Are you with me? What are you saying to my heart today, Father, by revelation? And I want to just to pause for a minute and let that sink in and sink down in you. What is it, Lord, that you're saying to me today? What is it that you want to be for me today that you have never been ever before for me, but you're giving that invitation to me today to be that for me? Will you receive it? See, I I believe that there, I believe Mm -hmm. there are some here today that the Lord is saying to you, will you trust me with all your heart? Lean not to your own understanding and simply receive Jesus into your life. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand. If that's you, God's saying that, trust me with all your heart, okay? Okay, okay, number of you. I want you to stand to your feet. If that's you, say, I'm gonna give my heart to Jesus today. Look at here. I'm giving my heart to Jesus today. It's not my head. And I want you to just to simply pray, Lord Jesus, I submit to you today. I receive your life. I receive you as my life source. I receive your once for all forgiveness. Father, I pray for... Supernatural transformation, like Peter and Paul and all the rest of the mystics in the Bible experience. I pray God there would be a mystical encounter for each individual standing right now. Mystic just means experience, that you have experiential Christianity. You have something that really has teeth in it, that you Live by every day, not just some words you said one Sunday, but you, but you live the life of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, and He's got you. Lord, I bless and seal what you're doing here in each one of these lives this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I'm gonna ask you to, to share that with somebody When you leave this place today, maybe somebody you came with, you know, we we have some Bibles we'd love to give to you and begin your journey. But I believe there's some others in here that the the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right where you're at. And I want you to simply say, I receive. I receive. Let's all stand to our feet and we're just gonna worship. And I believe that in, in that welcoming divine presence, the release will come, and with your heart receive this morning whatever the Lord's teaching you.